Hello. Welcome to The Value Script. We are excited to be here today. We have in studio the queen of The Value Script podcast, Meredith Carmichael. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks, love. Just trying to build that up a little more than yep. I probably needed to be. That was, that was, that was a definite build up. Def, yeah, I don't want the same boring intro. Of course, I'm your host, Lonnie Carmichael. And welcome to the Value Script. As we started in our last recording, um, well, one of the last recordings, we are going through our Five Love Languages book series. And Meredith and I have read this book. We have taken notes. We have highlighted but we have not talked about it on purpose so that we can have those real raw live and awesome discussions with you. However, I will for the sake of full disclosure for this episode, we actually did have, I just couldn't contain myself. I read something in here and I was like, Hey, I just don't get this. And you'll see when that happens. But we did actually discuss that once before. But I still don't get it, so I feel like it's still authentic and real enough to share as, <laughs> as, be great. as it would have been any other way. But anyway, babe, how, how are you doing today? Good. Yeah, good. So today we're going to talk about, like, we're going to dive into um, words of affirmation. That's the first love language that, they, that he talks about in the book. So what's an affirming word? Well, things to, like compliment or lift up your spouse make them feel good and and acknowledge the good things that they're doing so which is which is good and it's important no matter what i think your your um most powerful love languages i think it's always good to be mindful and be aware of all of them and work those into your relationship somehow because it's easy to just be busy in life and whatever but to be intentional it's good to focus on all of them so while you're speaking of that does that mean that we have a primary you know we haven't really broken down the principle, the, the premise of the book, really. So does that mean most people have one love language, two, yeah. three, five, ten, They 12? usually, like he points out, you usually have one that is like your primary love language. Sometimes it can be one or two that are, are you know, pretty significant um, to you. But um, and also talks about like if you're not sure what that is, how you figure that out and ask different questions and there's things at the end of the book to help you figure out what your love language is one thing he points out is that most men think they have a love language and most men think it's the same one you remember what he sex yes most men think <laughs> sex is their love language and um he d gets into that as well and we hopefully will uncover some of that for you but just to kind of take the cover off the surprise um sex is probably not your primary love language however because you're a male and you're driven by testosterone and other hormones, um, it is a very important part of your identity. So um, the reason to think about that in that way is that you probably have, you may or may, you know, physical touch is a love language. That's a primary love language. And that may be your love language, but it may not be your primary love language, but that has nothing to do with sex and, and, and the way he breaks this down. Um, physical touch, you know, does have to do with sex, but not in this, not as a love language, sense, yeah. you know, so, you know, your love language may be words of affirmation, but yet your, your sex drive is powerful. And so sex is very important to you, but outside of the intimate act of, of making love to your spouse, then, um, we're talking about everyday life, right. And those things. So mm -hmm. uh, he does make a clear distinction in the, in the book regarding that. And I thought it was helpful because, uh, before I read this, I thought I had two love languages, Listen to the words that come out of my mouth, and <laughs> which sounds terrible, right? But um, I, I I usually say what I mean, and I usually ask specifically what I want to know. And so, uh, anyway, long story short, 
um, and then sex. And so I think I may have a little bit, little bit, but not much different uh, understanding of what mine are after we go through all these things. But let's jump into words of affirmation. Yeah. Um, so like, where, where would you like to start? Do you want to just start with things that we thought were, that thought were great? Um, go for it. So, uh, one thing I thought was he talks about, um, encouraging words. So words of affirmation is kind of broken down to encouraging words, humble words, and did I miss kind words, encouraging words, kind words, and humble words. And then there's like a notebooks and more section. But encouraging, like if you're trying to encourage somebody, it's important to realize that the definition of the word encourage is to inspire courage. Yeah. I thought that's interesting. Because I think a lot of spouses try to encourage their spouse by saying something like, hey, when can we get some clean, some great food around here? Or when, when in the heck can we clean up the front room? Like that's not encouraging. That's actually meaning well this is like right? so i highlighted yeah i highlighted love makes requests not demands when i demand things from my spouse i become a parent and she the child which is a good thing to remember right to the the way you phrase things makes a big difference a huge like it makes all the difference like you can say you can say what you want in a way that is demeaning or harsh or makes the other person feel bad or you can say it in a way that that is more like a request or um lifts them up in a way um i also loved like so i was reading that from the humble words section but right above that um one of my favorite things it's on page 45 it says i am amazed by how many individuals mess up every new day with yesterday they insist on bringing in today's the failures of yesterday and in so doing they pollute a potentially wonderful present like there may be a reason I didn't highlight that. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> that might be one of my favorite methods of self-sabotage. <laughs> it was almost like I'd heard it for the first time when you read it right then. I was like, oh, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> That's really good. It's really, really good. And also, um, <laughs> I loved forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a commitment. It's a choice. It is a choice to show mercy, not to hold the offense up against the offender. Forgiveness is an expression of love. I love you. I care about you. And I choose to forgive you, even though my feelings of hurt may linger. I think that is powerful because so oftentimes, like when we're hurt, we it's it's hard to forgive and we hang on to that as and i think it's like a self-defense type thing like you feel like you have to you don't want to get hurt again you don't get hurt again right Right. and so it's hard to let that go but i i just love the thought of forgiveness is a feeling or sorry forgiveness is not a feeling it's a commitment when you're committed to forgiving your spouse to letting things go and and working through and progressing together rather than just staying stuck but again that's not to say you don't have boundaries Right, right. Your forgiveness not is not a, is not an, a doormat. You know, is it's right. not an open key or an open door for you to be treated however you want or however badly the, your spouse may want. Right. That is that forgiveness is not that. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? Maintaining boundaries and self respect is essential for mm-hmm. a happy marriage and a happy relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that's I don't know. I feel like that's important. I feel like sometimes when you're Wanting to be forgiven of something, sometimes there's some blurring of boundaries that go along with the forgiveness process, and I don't think that's a proper uh, practice. 
Yeah. So I want to. And that that, that can be there. that can be difficult. I know. I I know. Just from our experiences, that that is difficult. I highlighted a little bit the first part of that same paragraph too, and as some of that is the best thing we can do with the failures of the past is let them be history. And again, Jordan Peterson saying the only beneficial thing about the past, the only the only benefit there is in spending any time in the past at all, is learning the lessons from the past that can help us move forward into a better future. Spending any other time than that in the past is just setting yourself up for failure or a recipe for disaster. Yeah, keeping you stuck there in those negative emotions. You know, and he goes in, he says, yes, it happened. Certainly it hurt. It may still hurt, but your spouse has acknowledged their failure and asked your forgiveness. We can choose, we cannot erase the past, but we can accept it as history. We can choose to live today free from the failures of yesterday. And then it goes into what you talked about. I loved that. And probably more so because I've been in need of forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. uh, greatly and, and, and kind of a lopsided part of the relationship. But there's been times that, I mean, it does go both ways and ebbs and flows. And, but and too, but yeah. too, even from, even from my perspective, like in, in those same, you know, exactly to what you're speaking to, like, I, I wanted out of that too. Like I wanted to just have it be in the past and be done and move forward and not stay stuck in all the hurt and for both of us. Um, and so it, it certainly goes both ways. You can choose to be angry and hold on to it and you did this to me and whatever, but is that really how you want to feel? Do you really want to stay stuck in those emotions? Because I promise you don't. Like it's terrible. So letting letting go letting your your history just be that history and we learn and we move on but again forgiveness is not permission to be treated the same way in the future right and that's again where boundaries and self-respect come in right Right. and i think that's one of the reasons why some people hold on to those grudges and are so afraid to forgive is because they don't want to be they don't want to give permission to be heard like that again and so holding on to that is like a way of making a stick right Mm -hmm. making it rubbing it in you know and but it really um, is not enabling you to get the outcome you want. You're really just kind of demoralizing your spouse as you hold on to that. So it's important to forgive, but don't forget, right? Forgive, have your boundaries, and then move forward. Yeah. But really forgive. Don't hold grudges either. Like don't forget, as in don't hold don't hold grudges. Right. This isn't a stick to beat your spouse with in the future. I highlighted a couple of things that I thought was kind of interesting beforehand, but I can't really remember the one. Maybe I shouldn't share it, but um, it's important, you know, talking about like motivating, like encouraging your spouse, right? Encouraging words. Uh, it's not, you know, for example, he talks about the, the wife may want the husband to have a better paying job. And so as she's doing that, the wife, as she may be pressuring him to get a more lucrative job, the wife may be thinking she's doing a good thing, inspiring him. But unless he has a desire to do the same, it's going to come across as demeaning. It's going to come across as insulting. And her words, rather than bolstering his desire to succeed, are going to come across as an insult or guilt-inducing and judgmental. Um, Not an expression of love, but an expression of rejection. Like, hey, why don't you make more money? It's like, dang, I guess I'm not enough. So he takes it like he doesn't have a good enough job for her. Right. Like I'm not good enough or I'm not producing good enough. And, yeah. and unless he is on the same page of like being self-reflective and thinking, yes, I could do better. Right. And I am looking for that. And she's like, Hey, and then she's a part of that excitement of looking towards greater things. Right. He may be thinking he's doing his best. He's like, dang, why can't he make more money? Well, it's all in the way you phrase it and the way you talk about it. Like you were just saying, like, 
in the pursuit of doing greater things or growth or whatever, like that's uplifting and building. If you're just focused on, hey, we don't have enough money and this is, you know, whatever, creating all this negative outcome, that's it's a different mindset, a different way of approaching it where you're really saying the same thing, but one is positive and one is negative. Right. Well, another one he points out, and I can't necessarily find it, but, you know, it's talking about how you say things and what, but if you're saying like, um, if you say, you know, hey, I really enjoyed that, whatever chicken tortilla soup you made um or or hey could you make a version of this i would love to enjoy something like this for dinner you know whatever it is filet mignon can you make me filet mignon tonight for dinner rather than saying like hey when are we gonna get some decent food around here right, right? like might be more what i'd be inclined to hey when can we finally get some food that i like you know what i like what are you doing <laughs> versus like actually make a suggestion like you know that you know might be constructive yeah. And kind of the way you say, and again, encouragement, um, if you're going to inspire courage, you actually have to dig in and understand your spouse. It requires empathy and kind of being able to see the world from your spouse's perspective. And so, you know, walk a mile in their shoes for a minute before you try to inspire courage as to maybe what they are or not doing, um, that they can do better because you may have your perspective maybe off and you also need to learn what's important to your spouse if you're going to inspire courage in those areas, because you may be trying to inspire something they don't care about right. or they don't think is a problem. Mm -hmm. And that again becomes destructive. Um, you know, he talks about kind words. Sometimes your voice says one thing when your words say another, uh, that's you know kind of interesting. Um, love, love doesn't keep score of wrongs. How come I highlighted so much more in this chapter than you did? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is this me in the is it is this me needing to learn these things or is this me <laughs> yearning to heal from the trauma? No, I'm just kidding. Yes, well, I don't know. I think I don't think I keep score of wrongs. I didn't say you did. So, I, I'm just saying, but I know some people that do. Oh, for sure. Right. Love does not keep score of wrongs. And you know, that's Love doesn't bring up past failures. You know, if you've already covered it, you already burned that bridge, don't go back and rebuild it so you can drive over it 400 times. Right. Right. Like, right. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. Yeah, it's perfect. All right. Roll forward, babe. What else you got? Okay. So, oh, did you want to talk about? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, this is, the husband that says, could you make that good pasta one of those nights? Is giving his wife guidance on how to love him and how to build intimacy. On the other hand, the husband that says, can't we ever get a decent meal around here? Is being whiny and is making a demand. The wife is likely to fire back, okay, you cook. The wife who says, do you think it'd be possible for you to clean the gutters this weekend? Is expressing love by making a request. But the wife who says, if you don't get those gutters cleaned out soon, they're going to fall off the house. They already have trees growing out of them. Has that wife has already ceased to love and has become a domineering spouse? So the way you say things, it's not necessarily what you say; it's how you say it. Right, mm -hmm. right. right. And I also, in order to say it correctly, you actually have to feel it correctly. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel it, that means probably you need to work on you more than you think. Well, you and part of it goes back to understanding and trying to empathize with what's on your spouse's plate. What like is you know if you're if you're upset about certain things that aren't getting done well or why aren't they getting done or like is your spouse like slammed with whatever phase of life they're in right now and maybe they need a little extra help so that they can get to whatever I don't know just having that empathy and try to sometimes understand. that honey do list is long with the way you're saying it too like the way you're <laughs> delivering to your partner 
I learned because I used to, I mean, when I was younger, I had foot and mouth disease where, you know, I would just say whatever it was, however it was. <laughs> and then I learned, you know, okay, she's having a terrible day at work. Now I got to reassess how I'm going to deliver something to, to her. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be taken in a way wrong way than I did not intend it to be. Right. That's absolutely. So right. it's just, you know, it's just like what he said, you know, you you have to um, say things with empathy. In order to yeah. do that, you have to have a fundamental understanding of your spouse and and their perspective and seeing the world from mm-hmm. what they're going through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. So he does do, there's a little wrap up at the end of each chapter, uh, words of affirmation, um, a quick example. What uh, chapter is that one? This is chapter four. Okay. I believe. Mm-hmm. Thanks for saving me because I actually didn't have a quick example. Oh, you're he just says good. words are important. Um, so remind yourself, words of affirmation, if it is your primary spouse's love language, print the following on a card and put it in a mirror, a place where you'll see it daily. Words are important. Words are important. Words are important. So if that's your spouse's primary love language you need to, and you're not good at it, work on it. For a week, keep a record of all the words of affirmation you give your spouse each day. You might be surprised how well or how poorly you're speaking the words of affirmation. Set a goal to give your spouse a different compliment each day for one month. Learn to say I love you or express other words of affirmation in different languages is an idea. Compliment your spouse in the presence of his parents or friends. You get double credit. Look for your spouse's strengths and tell them how much you appreciate their strengths. Be specific. Be specific like such as, I like how you reach out to people at church. You don't seem to have anybody to talk to. Or you're really keeping up with the job search. I know it'll pay off. Rather than be like, when are you going to finally get a job? Right? One's powerful. One's demeaning. One's going to yield towards the results you want. One isn't. Occasionally, email or text a note of affirmation during the day when, you're, when you or the loved one is traveling. I have learned that surprise messages often have the deepest impact. And thank your mate for something they do routinely and wouldn't expect to be complimented for. <laughs> Boom. Uh-huh. Um, this is a little bit of a bomb. This, so th- <laughs> I have said this before and it's caused a massive fight, but it is on page 56. It is the uh, one, well, it's really the beginning of the first full paragraph here. Um, have you ever noticed in a restaurant, you can almost always tell the difference between a dating and a married couple? I'm just going to walk away from a minute. Let the smoke clear. <laughs> um, okay. Man, I don't, I don't know that you want me to talk about this right now, but, but we can. You, can. you can let me know. Well, if. let's talk about Friday night. We were at dinner. We're a married couple. We are, we are a married couple. Yes. Just to, yes, clarify, just to clarify. Just to clarify. And, we, and oftentimes we present as a dating couple. And um, remember the, the couple that was like to our, like, I don't know, goodness, one, two, two o'clock? Yes. Um, were they married or single? Were they married or dating? Probably married. They had rings. I checked. Yeah, but yeah, they were definitely married. Yeah, no, and it, <laughs> and how and could you tell? Totally, how, totally how could you happens. tell? Well, they were both on their phones. They weren't talking at all. The woman like, looked mad they, as hell, they, and they, she didn't so say did he, ten they, words to him the whole hour we were there. Well, well he didn't either. Both. I could only see. <laughs> yeah. I could see her. I could, I could see her. I couldn't really see. Yeah, him. they weren't engaged I, by the, the, by the way each other. They we weren't. Were they weren't talking, and and that happens a lot. Where there was another couple, you know, like. They're sitting at the table. They're like at a corner like this of the of the table. And they're totally leaning into each other, laughing, talking to each other, and like totally different dynamic. It's it's a real thing. Now, if that first couple so, didn't have rings, does that look like a nervous first date? 
Or where yeah. were you? I and guess. it's P.F. Chang's. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it would have been an awkward first date. I mean, dude, she was like pissed and like. Really? So. Who knows what he said he to her beforehand. His, he I was don't just know. on his phone. Right. I don't know. Because I'm not going to lie. I love to people watch. Yeah. When I go totally. places. So I, I evaluate that myself. I'm always like, oh, that couple doesn't look like they're having a good time. Right. I wonder if they're first dating. Are but I mean, babe, so like that came up. I, I brought that up at one of the worst times in our marriage. And yes. that's the reason why she's saying what she is about it. But I had noticed that a while before. I just didn't have the uh, tenacity to bring it up because, I don't know, I didn't necessarily think it would go well. But it is something I had considered. Like, honestly, married couples, people that are married for a long time, treat each other differently than when they were trying to make themselves fall in love with each other. Right. And I think that's a fundamental problem of being married. Um, you know, that I, not a fundamental problem with the institution of married marriage, but a fundamental problem that many married couples find themselves in, you know, like before you get married, this person can do no wrong. You know, they, they, their, their farts don't stink. They probably don't even fart, you know, Who knows? Well, right. They're perfect. That- their skin doesn't have anything wrong with them. Their hair is always glowing. Their personality is always engaging. You just can't wait to spend all your day and all your nights with them, thinking about them, doing these things. And then you get married, and a couple of years later, it's like, how's it going? Well, it's, it's right. exactly what it talks about in the beginning of the book. It's that beginning in love phase that does not last. Like, it will last for two to four years. Four years if, you know. And so it's, that's just the way relationships are. It's not quite the way he wrote it, but I got what you meant. All right. It's exactly how he wrote it. Well, it depends. <laughs> okay. Right. That's why, you know, that's what that was. <laughs> All right. So, but no, it is, it is a dynamic problem within relationships. And that's where you have to be intentional about all of these things, all of these love languages that help your spouse to feel loved and help your relationship to stay connected and, and great. So if your marriage feels as though it's kind of more... Less exciting than you would like. He talks about that. And, and really, he gives hope that, that if you learn... I'm getting all choked up by the minute. It's more of what I ate than the emotion. But anyway. Emotional beast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is more of the uh, anyway, um, inner food beast. The, <laughs> there's hope, though. There's hope. Because he talks about if you learn to speak your partner's primary love language, most likely they will come back alive in love. And you'll feel that. And it will greatly bless your relationship. And it'll bring that spark back. Mm-hmm. Right? Bring, and, a lot, and he's seen that. And I don't know. I was even telling my friend Albert, if you're listening, there's your plug. Um, <laughs> we were talking about you a couple weeks ago. And I said something to the effect that made him respond. So does it feel like you guys are on another honeymoon phase of your life now? Well, look at that. Look at there, right? (laughs) Like, they can't come back. We've been married 23 freaking years. 23 years. (laughs) 23 years. Been plugging along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I used to tell her, happy anniversary. And then I'd be like, doesn't feel like a day over 30 years of marriage. You would say that to me often, yes. Every anniversary, yes. That's because I'm a big fat jerk. (laughs) Um, one thing that's, <laughs> hey, trying. this is really great though. In wait, speaking, wait, 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 let's go back. I was trying to be funny, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Eject, eject. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
There we go. <laughs> Perhaps I, I missed the message. <laughs> All right. I'm Jump. a big fat jerk. Just continues. <laughs> Jump into Gary Chapman. Here we go. <laughs> Save me fast. Hilarious. No, but speaking to that same thing on page 59, talking about focused attention, it isn't enough to just be in the same room with someone. A key ingredient is giving your spouse quality time is giving them focused attention. So just like that, if you go to dinner and you're sitting on your dang phone the whole time, like that is not, that's not fun. That's not engaging. What if you're on your phone first? Um, it doesn't and then I pull my phone out because I'm feeling like jealous of your phone. I, well, that's a problem. I shouldn't do that. Then you look like that couple that you guys saw at your two exactly. o'clock. Man, as long as I don't look that mad. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it's good. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. I think just in general, we're on our phones way too much and we lose out on. I don't know what you're talking about. Honestly, really. <laughs> <laughs> but you you lose out on that time in the moment you're not being in the moment with anybody if you're just on your phone i agree anyway on page 63 give some steps to um we're, we're in another subject in quality conversation hey wait what we oh, have to go back to page 55 well you already jumped to 59 i know yeah i did oh 55 wasn't 55 the one that she you wants guys- to she wants to highlight how great of a husband I am. All right, here we go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Was exactly. 55 the one that you guys didn't agree on? I think it was yes. 56. Was oh, it? 56. I don't know. It was when they were talking about going on a dumb picnic. Yes. Yes. Page 58. Sorry. Page there 58. There you go. Okay. Here was our... Hit it, babe. What you got? Okay. So at the bottom it says um, it's they were making a list of things that they could do together. And on her list, oh no, this is Mark's list. No, this is like what you do on your list, right? Right. So it says, go on a picnic with her and the kids on Saturday and don't complain about the ants and the flies. And you were like, what the heck? I was like, why does she got to throw that? Okay, so if you're, I don't know, anywhere it's freaking humid, right? So you're in Arizona in the summertime and you're by a lake and there's bugs. Or if you're in Florida any time of the year and there's bugs. Or, you know, anyway, and you go on a picnic and there's freaking mosquitoes and flies rounding your face the whole time. Why is it bad for me to be like, dang, there's freaking mosquitoes and flies? That's not your fault. Everybody knows that. You didn't put them there. Perfect. I'm just commenting on this is not like I'm not loving the mosquitoes and flies. Okay. And that's fine. But I can totally see her point of like, if you already know your spouse doesn't want to do something in this case, she already knew her husband really didn't want to go on a picnic. And she's just saying, let's just go do this. And please don't complain about blah, blah, blah. So I still don't understand why she's got to take it personal that she didn't put the freaking mosquitoes and flies there. And everybody knows that because here's the difference. If you already know your spouse doesn't want to be there, as soon as it's like, oh, freak, why are we doing this? There's so many mosquitoes, so many flies. Like, this is so dumb. Like, we could be at home in the air conditioning without all the bugs. That's so, the difference. So what did you present? Like, because babe, this is such an amazing idea. It's a beautiful ambience, uh, ambience, beautiful. Did I even say ambiance? How do you say that freaking word? Anyway, so then beautiful <laughs> setting. There's a lake. The sunset's gorgeous. This blanket's so much more comfortable oh than gracious. a chair ever would be in a restaurant. And there's a breeze, so I don't have to miss that we don't have air conditioning. But just these stinking bugs. <laughs> the stinking bugs, right? Like, like <laughs> Just say it quick. These, mis- these mosquitoes suck. <laughs> mosquito sucks. <laughs> the mosquitoes are sucking. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, nope. uh, still can't, still can't no, do it. You can't. It's not that you can't mention that, but if you're complaining about the whole thing of being there, like I already know you don't want to be there. Like, you know what I mean? So it just, it just makes you feel, it just ruins, ruins the ambiance, the ambiance. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's, I can just, I can see, I can see that side of it. <laughs> so this is where you uh, don't want actually for me to be honest. Is this one of those? Oh, agree- yes, we get that all the time too. <laughs> is yes. this one of those it's agree okay to disagree things? We we get what <laughs> you say. You say crap like that all the time, so you don't want me to be honest. Well, I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It depends on if there's mosquitoes at our picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Just understand. No, that's, I get that's it. how it is. No, I think it was great that you pointed out that like okay, so if I don't know. Even if you're not tremendously insecure about the activity, if it's an activity that, that your spouse has planned and wanted to have a nice experience with you and you're pointing out the negatives of it in any way, it's going to not be reflected on the experience as a positive, great one. It's going to reflect it on it as a negative one. You could, I just thought of this, you could deliver it sentence as, oh, dang, I should have brought mosquito repellent. It's not nope. like still bringing up the negative, bro. No, I think no, you're missing the idea. But, but <laughs> oh, good gracious, it's not that you can't. candles. <laughs> it's to, towards the beginning of the book. It's how you People deliver are it. Be like these idiots spent 20 minutes talking about ants and mosquitoes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a high chance if we go on a picnic and I'm getting swamped by bugs, I'm gonna have to remember this chapter. Is what I'm saying. There's a high chance I'm gonna have to remember this chapter. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna say. You're gonna come back with a thousand bites, <laughs> <laughs> and I won't complain and love about it every once. One of them. <laughs> exactly, ever. Is <laughs> if you do. No, I did. I think I understood the point. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> All right. Oh. A relationship calls for sympathetic listening, with a view to understand the other person's thoughts, feelings, and desires. We must be willing to give advice, but only when it's requested. And never in a condescending manner. Is this farther in the book? This is on page, page 63. 63. Okay. Hey, I highlighted that too. Interesting. Really? really? That's fast. So we're so connected, babe. We're so connected. So connected. But Just ignore uh, the last part of the podcast. But yes, now you guys are very connected. You didn't need to point that out, bro. Okay. Sometimes, you know, sometimes less is more. Right? All right. So, no, I love that. A relationship calls for sympathetic listening. I think, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know the statistics. But I do know quite a few couples, and I do know quite a few of us, you and me. Quite a few us's. <laughs> quite a few me, <laughs> more than anything else. I, re- I listen to respond. Like, if we're having a fight, I want to make sure that my argument gets heard. I want to make sure I, that I am understood, right? And so I'm listening to respond. And, and you're so dang smart. Not, you are so smart. You can argue anything. I'll clip that. That's, uh, that I'm so dang smart. <laughs> highlight it. Right. Highlight Do you want it. to say that again? You're so dang smart, babe. I like you really said are. It better the second okay. time. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna cut the second one. <laughs> well, like, that was my favorite for, one, bro. That's for you two. Like. <laughs> Whatever. You are. Oh, sex sells. I mean, the, come on. That's um, good gracious. <laughs> 
All right, guys, thanks for joining us today. Um, we're going to wrap up. We just finished talking about words of affirmation, and next time we're going to talk about um, the next chapter, chapter five, um, quality time, which we, you know, have some fun discussions about that. Super great. So you'll definitely want to passionately join us. charged passionately heat charged. comes into chapter five, baby. <laughs> just a little bit. You're not going to want to miss it. A little it. bit of heat. Anyway, so thanks for joining us. Clickety click, like and subscribe, share with your friends. We appreciate you spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time on the Value Script.